0: tonight to lead us to the throne of God is brother David Freund from Syracuse and brother Michael Friend to assist also from Syracuse keep these brothers in prayer let's bow our heads for a word of prayer father for weeks now you've given me the verse you've given me the burden unlock the door lord feed your children in spite of the servant and be with us amen they say as you get older you get emotional i'm middle age and i got two tissues i'm going to need some awful big handkerchiefs if the lord tarries I sat and I listened to the men's choir, you know, I planned to sing with them. My schedule was too busy and I couldn't, and I know why now, because I would not have been able to sing those songs without weeping. Brother Paul, you picked amazing songs, and I know it was with the Lord's help. You don't need to follow in your Bibles, there's very few Scripture passages at this point I can only guarantee one verse. That's found in Second Chronicles twenty nine verse 11, verse eleven, which reads My sons, be not now negligent, for the Lord hath chosen you to stand before him, to serve him, and that ye should minister unto him and burn incense. I'd like to read that one more time. My sons, be not now negligent. For the Lord hath chosen you to stand before him, to serve him, that you should minister unto him, and burn incense. We don't choose him, he chooses us. There's a big difference. It's not about us. It's about Him. As I read that verse, three things jump out at me. One is that someone's doing a choosing and that someone is God Himself. Dear ones, He's chosen you. This verse could read My sons and my daughters, I have chosen you. Don't be negligent about this. You have been chosen. To do something. To stand. Oh, and not just to stand. Standing doesn't take much. You have been chosen to stand before Him. God Almighty. To serve. To minister. Weeks ago, as I said in the prayer, the Lord gave me this verse. And it... I worked it over in my mind and in my heart, and I prayed about it, and I wondered, what, 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 Lord, do you want me to say about it? What verses can support it? And, dear ones, I don't know what's going to come out in these next 25 minutes or less. But I believe I have the faith that God's going to unlock the door, and the burden will be released. Some of you will pick up that burden. Some of you will be burdened in your heart tonight like you have never been burdened. Because he's going to take the burden that he placed on me and give it to you. As I looked at the verse, I thought of three young men whose lives started out the same. And I'm not going to give you names because they're real young men, and many of you know them. All three young men were raised in a Christian home in Syracuse. All three young men went to Sunday school. All three young men went to camp. And that's about where the similarities end. Oh, all three young men are of German descent. How's that? Another similarity. One of those young men, two, two of the young men, two out of the three, came under the conviction of the word. No, all three, I believe, were convicted by the word. Two of those young men answered the call and made a decision to follow the Lord. One did not. Those men grew grew older, and their lives changed even more. One of those young men that accepted the Lord, made a decision, as you would call it, accepted Jesus, was at camp. Went home from camp, cut his hair, had long hair, back then that was in style, cut his hair, was sincere, but only for a season. I want to read a verse, two verses In Numbers, Numbers chapter 32. Surely none of the men that came up out of Egypt for twenty years old and upward shall see the land which I swear unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob, because they have not wholly followed me. Save Caleb, the son of Jephna, the Kenizzite, and Joshua, the son of Nun. For they wholly followed the Lord. You see, dear ones, and and my friends who are still outside of Christ, who at some point, either this year or last year or maybe 20 years ago, decided that you were going to heed the call and you accepted Christ. You asked Jesus to come into your heart, but you didn't wholly follow him. You didn't complete the course. You're not going to see the promised land. Of those that left Egypt that were 20 years and older, only two made it to the promised land. Joshua and Caleb. My friends, you're being fools, don't you see that you're pawns of Satan? Just as these Israelites were. They left Egypt and they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years till they died in the wilderness. The devil has you right where he wants you. You see, he's salved your conscience because you've made this quote commitment. You're lost and you're going to hell. You're in the worst possible place. You're not in the world anymore or in Christ yet. And guess what? If you're not in Christ, you're lost. It's more than just, quote, making a decision. It's more than just, quote, accepting Christ. It's wholly following Him. You see, two of these young men from Syracuse made a decision. But only one wholly followed. Now, there is still time. And the other is still alive. And I believe there is hope. And I'm going to put his name on my prayer list. That God might in some way wake him up, bring him back to the Bible, back to the cross, so that he can see that he didn't complete the work. The third, if you would see him now, you'd think he's an old man, he can't hold down a job. He wasted his life with drugs and booze. He lives with a woman that's not his wife raising somebody else's kid and he lives in a trailer. He came to camp. He went to Sunday school. He sang in the choirs. He never heeded the call. He's on a fast track to hell. My friend outside of Christ, is that where you want to be? You're sitting here now all cool. You got neat clothes. You catch, if you're a guy, you catch the girl's looks. He sat and he laughed at some of the songs, perhaps, like some of you did tonight. Guess what? I wasn't the only one that saw you. God saw you too. And is that where you want to end up? Do you want to end up what the world would call a loser? The world would call him a loser. He had every opportunity that the other two did. And he threw it away. How long are you going to wait? God has chosen you. He's chosen you by name to stand before him. I believe that the one young man... That made the beginning tried to stand before God. But on his own strength, his own will, his own abilities, you can't. We need to be strong in the Lord. He will see you through it. My friend that made the beginning, that made the decision to follow the Lord, renew that commitment. Renew it right now. Don't even wait till after inspiration time. Renew it now. Bow your head, close your eyes, and say, Lord, I want to come home. And I want to come all the way home. And I want to wholly follow you. I don't want to be like Dathan and the others that were destroyed in the wilderness. I want to be a Joshua. I want to be a Caleb. I want to see the promised land. And you know, it's not all about the promised land either. Because you see, God wants you to stand before Him here on earth. God wants you to serve Him here. He wants you to minister unto Him. He wants to give you an abundant life. He wants to give you the riches of heaven here on earth. Don't waste it. There was, there's a young brother here at camp, sang in the men's choir. He's 17 years old. He gave his life to the Lord a couple years ago. He arranged a song for the orchestra. On his own strength, no. He's strong in the Lord. The Lord gave him those abilities. The Lord gave him those gifts. He's exercising them at seventeen years old. What have you done for the Lord lately? The young man that holy followed didn't do it right away. He wasted too many years. But he still did it at an early age. And the Lord was gracious. And the Lord gave the power. The Lord gave the strength. The Lord saved the soul. But that's just the beginning. You see, the scripture that I read in Chronicles says to stand before him, to serve him, to minister unto him. God takes care of his own. He saved that young man Then he found a helpmate for the young man. Then he gave the young man children. And the children are finding the Lord. Not because the young man was special. How do I know that? Because I'm that young man. I'm not special. I'm no better than the young man that lives in the trailer. I'm no better than the young man that made the beginning and then ran away from that start. I'm no better than some of you that made a beginning ten years ago or more and still sit here waiting. What are you waiting for? God wants to give you the kingdom, and He wants to give it to you here on earth. Dear ones, that's only half my burden tonight. That's the burden I have for the lost. There's another half of the burden. It's for the believers. How are we serving? What are we giving? Are we giving our all? Are we? I've done a lot of whining and complaining in my life. Totally unjustified. And I've heard some of you whine and complain. And you know what? God's sick of it. God doesn't want to hear it. What are we whining and complaining about? Oh, this didn't go the way I wanted. Oh, that forum wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Oh, that preacher, he was too loud. He was too soft. This one preached too long. This one preached too, too short. Oh, did you see what that young girl had on? Where is her mother? You know what, folks? God's tired of that. He's fed up with that. What are you doing to make it better? Brothers and sisters, are we heeding the advice that our two brothers gave in the forum of pushing the ball straight down the road, or are we whining and complaining? You want something to complain about? You you think you have it bad? I could give you a list of brothers and sisters in this room that that, that have something to complain about. They would have something to whine about, but I don't hear them whining. I don't hear them complaining. The ones that have lost rebellious children... The ones that have lost helpmates. They have something to complain about. Not us. How do you think God feels when he gives us the very keys to heaven and we whine and complain? Oh man, I have to teach another lesson? Would you rather have it another way? But dear ones, I'm not... I don't like negative stories. I like happy stories. I like happy endings. And I sense something, dear ones, that's happening at camp over these last few years. People are getting back to the Word. People are focusing on God. People are focusing on others and not themselves. People are looking to see how they can make camp better, not tear it down. Praise God for that. I can remember being at advisor's meetings and before I was even advisor, once when I was a camp director and all that we heard about were the problems that were going on. How this didn't work right and this didn't work right and something was wrong here and these people were misbehaving here. You know what? God is honoring our faith when we put our hands to the ball and push it back up the hill the right way. Do you know what we talked about in our advisors' meeting today? We talked about the fact that we got an email, that the the, the EMU got an email from the folks that run the seminary about how respectful or something, and and what, what fine people these apostolic Christian folks are, how thankful we are that they're here. The worst things that we're hearing about from young people are some locked doors. Now, that's bad, Brother Sam. I admit that that is bad. But boys and girls will be boys and girls. I'm not giving you license to do that, guys. You've got to stop. But God is blessing us. Let's continue to move forward with that positive op- uh, 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 optimism. Let's, let's put Satan to shame. Last night, there was singing up in, in Martin Chapel. And I, and I you know what? I'm not going to say I couldn't be there. I made a bad choice. And I went back to my room. Because I used the excuse I was tired. I was tired, but that's no excuse. But from what I heard, it was awesome. People singing from their hearts together. Not separate. Praise God for that. Dear ones, there are times when, when things just seem rough. There are times when the devil wants to give us Something to complain about. And I want us all, when that happens, each one of us, brothers and sisters, to go to Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. And maybe we're going to have to do it out loud. I'm going to say, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good of a good report... If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on those things. Brothers and sisters, we've got to be positive. We have to be positive in Christ. We have to thank Him and praise Him for the goodness He has given us. We have to do more praying for others who are going through difficult times. We have those in our midst whose lives are going through terrible times. They are our jobs among us. Let's be worthy friends. Let's be worthy brethren. Let's hold them. Let's hug them. Let's let them know we're praying for them. Let's write them. Let's create an environment... That the unconverted will be so attracted to that they can't help but want to join it. That there's nothing in the world that can be better. That, dear ones, is being positive. Being positive Christians. I've spent too many years tearing down. Not enough years building up. I wonder how many folks... We were lost along the way because I was whining and complaining. It's time, dear ones. It's time to get off the, the train of humanism. It's time to get off the train of doing what's right for me. It's time to get off the train of doing what I like or what makes me comfortable. It's time to get back to the Word. It's time to stand firm on the Word. It's time to stand up for what's right. And when we're not sure, search the Scriptures together as brethren. It's time for us, dear ones, to lay the foundation again. Or maybe, no, not lay the foundation. The foundation was laid by Christ. It's time for us to work on patching up the mortar. Catching up the joints. We're lively stones. We're supposed to be, at least. We're supposed to be building on that foundation. We're supposed to be mature Christians, not immature. We're not supposed to whine. We're supposed to sing. Brother Paul, that's a wonderful song. Brought tears to my eyes then and it is now. Praise God for that song. We don't sing enough. My friend outside of Christ, I don't know what else to say. I'm not known for having long messages. I'm known for having short ones. And that's just fine with me. Probably the best thing I can say to you, my friend outside of Christ, is nothing. Because the Lord said it. He's called you and I know it. How do I know that? The burden's gone. The burden he gave me that built up is gone. You have it now. What are you going to do with it?